We're in a series called Walking with God Through Uncertainty in Psalms 23. And those six verses in that psalm contain 12 pictures of who God is. Today, we're going to take a look at another picture out of Psalms 23, verse 5, that says, you anoint my head with oil. Now, that was written 3,000 years ago, and you may be sitting here kind of in the middle of this pandemic thinking, what in the world does that have to do with me, with what I am going through? Well, you've got to understand what anointing is. What does it mean to be anointed? Well, it all depends on who's doing the anointing. I mean, if your neighbor came over, you, over to you tomorrow and said, guess what? I'm going to anoint you with oil and declare you to be the king of the universe. Would that change your life? I don't think so. It might change your relationship with them because you'd look at them and say, you know what? You are weird. But it wouldn't change your life. And that's because that person didn't have the authority to bring that to pass. So what I've done in just talking about the anointed life is I've put down some definitions about the who of it. There is an anointing by God, that's a who, which is internal. And there is an anointing by other people, which is external. So let me explain these so that you can see the benefits for yourself with where you're at under the circumstances that you're in. An anointing by God is internal. When God's Holy Spirit gives you insight, ability, stamina, authority, or protection that you don't normally have in order to do a job that he has chosen you to do. When you are anointed by God, he gives you supernatural abilities to do whatever you need to do under the circumstances that you're in. That's called God's anointing. There is an another anointing by people, and it's different. It is an outward symbol of an inward thing. It, in other words, it's an external symbol. It's when someone prayerfully applies some oil to your skin as an outward sign of what God is doing on the inside of you. Now, God often gives us external symbols. The Lord's Supper is an external symbol of the death, and death, burial, and resurrection of Christ. And when you and I as believers take it, it is an indication of what is going on inside of us. Baptism is an external sign of an internal process of us saying, you know what, I'm dead to my old self, and now I am alive to Christ with my new self. Baptism is an outward symbol of an internal commitment. And neither of these results in salvation. It's what I call the wedding ring of the Christian faith. They are just outward symbols of an inward process or commitment. My wedding ring was given to me by my beautiful, the most beautiful woman in the world 45 and a half years ago. It is a symbol of my commitment to her. I could throw this wedding ring in the trash and guess what? 
I would still be married. I'd be dead the next day, but I would still be married at least for that day. Why? Because it's just a symbol of an internal process. When someone anoints you with oil externally, understand that that external element is not magical. This wedding ring is not magical. The oil is not magical. The, the, the water of baptism isn't magical. The, the bread and the, the, the juice of communion isn't magical. It is just an external symbol of an internal process or commitment. Now, in the Bible, oil was used as a symbol of a lot of things. It was used as a symbol of God's spirit, a symbol of God's presence, a symbol of God's blessings. It was a symbol of God's approval, a symbol of God's protection, a symbol of God's promise. It was a symbol of God's prosperity, his comfort, his healing, his joy. Folks, it was a symbol of a lot of different things. Now, in the Old Testament, only three types of people were ever anointed. Priests, prophets, and kings. And the only person who could anoint with oil in the Old Testament were sacred people. They were either priests or they were prophets. Because anointing someone was a sacred thing. When Jesus died on the cross, he broke the old system. And so today, guess what? You don't need a priest to go to God. You can go to God directly. In the Old Testament, you had to go through a priest. You had to pray through a priest. You had to confess to a priest. Today, you don't have to do that. Today, you can go directly to God because of what Jesus Christ did on the cross. Now, when Jesus Christ died on the cross, there was a new system instituted. And those who became or are followers of Christ, you now are considered to be priests. The theological kind of term for that is the priesthood of believers. Now, at LifePoint, we don't call each other priests, okay? How we phrase it is like this. Every member is a minister. And every member, as a minister, can go to God directly. You don't need to go through a priest. Whether you are a man or you are a woman, you have the authority to pray for other people and do all the things that a priest did in the Old Testament. That's kind of the backdrop. Now, to understand what it means to live an anointed life under these pandemic situ this situation that we're in, I need to give you just some basics, which are, you are not an accident. You have been made by God, and you have been made for God. God has a plan and a purpose for your life. 
In fact, the Bible says before you were born, God planned what you would do, planned what you should do with your life. It is called or referred to as your calling. That word in the Latin is voce, for voice or vocation. Everybody who is living has a vocation, has a calling on their life by God. Now, unfortunately, many, many, many people miss their calling because they just want to do their own thing. That's why they are unhappy and unfulfilled. But everybody has a calling on their life from God. That calling may be to be a pastor like myself, or it may be to be a doctor or a nurse or an electrician or a plumber or a musician or a politician. Nah, we don't need any more politicians. I'm sure that's not a calling. (laughs) Well, just kidding, okay? Everybody has a calling on their life from God that he thought of before you and I even came into this world. Well, let me show you a few verses on that. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10. God has made us what we are. In Christ Jesus, God made us to do good works, which God planned in advance for us to live our lives doing. Like I said, before you were born, God had planned the calling of your life. He planned the purpose of your life. This is where true fulfillment comes from. But here is the catch. You can't fulfill God's calling the way he wants you to fulfill that calling on your life with your own power. You need God's anointing. You need his power. You need his insights. You need his knowledge. You need his wisdom. You need his joy. You need God's anointing, which allows you to do what God has called you and created you to do, even in a pandemic. So today, I want to summarize the whole Bible. We're going to take a 40,000-foot view of the whole Bible of an anointed life in six statements. I want you to take some good notes. These are the cliff notes of the Bible on the anointed life. The first one is simply this. When God appoints me, he anoints me. God will never ask you to do something without providing what you need to do it. When he gives you an assignment, he will give you the assets to fulfill it. When he gives you a plan in order to fulfill it, he will give you the power to do it. If he gives you a strategy, he will give you his spirit. God has promised to help you out. Which means this, if God calls you to do something, even during this pandemic time, and you are scared to death of doing it, God will help you, and he will do it through you. Take a look at 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 24. The one who calls you is faithful, and he will do it. 
What does this verse mean? Simply this. Whatever God has called you to do, he's going to give you the ability to do it. He's going to give you the wisdom. He's going to give you the insight. He's going to give you the knowledge to do it. He's going to help you out. The one who calls you is faithful, and he will do it. An example of this is in Acts 1-8, where Jesus is commissioning his 12 to go to the ends of the earth. It says, but when the Holy Spirit comes to you, you will receive what? Power. To be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the world. He gave them power. And if you read church history, they took the gospel within their lifetime. It had gone all the way to India, and there's evidence that it even got to England Folks, they didn't have trains, planes, and automobiles, but God, through his spirit, empowered them through an anointed life to do it. And you and I really have no excuse. I mean, we have planes, trains, and automobiles, right? We can be anywhere, basically within 24 hours in this world. And he has anointed us just like he anointed those disciples. The second thing that we see out of the Bible at a 40,000-foot level about the anointed life is this. God anoint, God's anointing makes me a better person. You may think that you're pretty good right now. Kind of like I mentioned last week, I'm kind of a big deal, right? And, and you are a big deal, but you are nothing compared to what you could be with the anointing of God. God's anointing transforms you. It changes you. It gives you abilities that you don't know that you have. Now, there's a lot of examples in the Bible about this. One of those is when Samuel goes and anoints the first king of Israel, Saul. Let's take a look at this out of uh, 1 Samuel 10. Then Samuel, by the way, who was a prophet, who had the authority as a sacred man of God to anoint Then Samuel took oil and poured it on Saul's head, external anointing, and said, God has anointed you, internal anointing, to be the leader of his people. Now, when this happened, Saul, he was unsure. I mean, what in the world is going on? And he was very insecure. So Samuel goes on and he shares with them a few signs that are going to happen so that he knows that it's true. And picking up in verse 6 and 7, God's spirit will come on you in power and you will speak like a prophet. In other words, you're going to be bold. You're not going to be insecure anymore. And you'll be changed into a different person. After this happens, do whatever you think is best because God will be with you. And sure enough, that's what happened. But what I want you to notice And will you circle the phrase, you will be changed into a different person? What does this teach us? That when God actually anoints your life, you are going to be a different person. And you may say, well, how? Maybe by being more confident or more calm. Maybe by being more courageous 
or maybe by having more insight or knowledge or wisdom about what God has called you to do, even in a pandemic. On the other hand, when you are worried and nervous about your calling with the circumstances that you're in, guess what? You don't have the anointing of God on your life, at least at that moment. And how do you know that? Because you're not confident, you're, you're, you're not calm, you're, you're anxious, you're, 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 you're not courageous, okay? But again, on the other hand, you know that you've got it because there's changes inside of you. You are confident, you are calm, you are collected, and you know what you are supposed to do. The third thing that we learn from the Bible about the anointed life is simply this, that God's anointing makes difficult tasks easier. Now, this is a good one. It makes difficult tasks easier. And right now, during this pandemic, hey, there's a lot of difficult tasks that are going on. Should I wear a mask? Should I not wear a mask? I mean, should I wear a mask when I'm running? Should I wear a mask only when I'm in public places? I mean, all, I mean, should I wash my hands every time I even see some? I mean, there's all kinds of challenges that are coming into people's lives. But when you have the anointing of God, it makes difficult tasks easier because you're no longer relying on your own wisdom, your own power. You're relying on God's wisdom and power. And folks, there is a huge difference, is there not, in serving God under your own power versus God's power. Let me show you the differences. In Ephesians 3.16, it says this, from his unlimited resources, God will give you mighty inner strength through his Holy Spirit. Will you circle mighty inner strength? Right now, my resources are limited. My energy is limited. My power is limited. My knowledge, my wisdom, my talents are limited. But guess what? God's are not when you have God's anointing on your life, he puts mighty strength within you. Strength that you don't even realize that you have so that you can handle things better. So that you can last longer. So that you can go further in order to do what God has called you to do under the very circumstances that you are in right now. How do you know when you don't have the anointing of God on your life? Oh, that is really simple. You get tired all the time. Why? Because you're trying to solve your problems. You're trying to live your life. You're trying to fulfill your purpose your own way. But it says God will give you mighty inner strength through his Holy Spirit. That's one of the jobs of the Holy Spirit. It's to anoint you. That's his job. It, it's, to, it's to give you power and energy and insight and wisdom and knowledge and perspective in order to do what God's called you to do with what you're going through. 
Now, Paul wrote this while in prison. Philippians 4, verse 13. I can do everything with the help of Christ who gives me strength that I need. Now, if you are dependent upon, or if you are not dependent upon God and you are only dependent on yourself, guess what? You're going to be, you're going to end up feeling and being fatigued and frustrated and feeling like a failure. Let me ask you this. Are you trying to do everything that you need to do under these circumstances, this pandemic that we're in, based on adrenaline or anointing? Because when you base it on adrenaline, guess what? You're going to get fatigued, you're going to get frustrated, and you're going to give up. But when you walk in his anointing, and you depend on his power, which is limitless, you will be able to say, like Paul, under the circumstances, like Paul was in, I can do everything with the help of Christ. How would you fill in this blank? I can do everything with the help of what? I can do everything with the help of a job. I can do everything with the help of uh, uh, my power drink. I can do everything with the help of my passport. I can do everything with the help of my medication. Folks, there's only one thing that never runs dry. All the other wells in your life will dry, will be, will dry up. There's only one thing that'll never dry up, and that is God's anointing on your life. People will dry up in your life. In fact, if you expect other people to meet all of your needs that only God can meet, you're going to be frustrated. And my guess is, if you continue to do that, that relationship will fall apart. No one person can meet all of your needs, all of your emotional needs, all of your spiritual needs, all of your uh, mental and uh, uh, physical needs. Only God can do that. Paul said, I can do everything with the help of Christ who gives me strength I need. Now, I want you to circle the word Christ. What, do, what, do, what does Christ mean in the Greek? A lot of Christians don't know what that means, what it means. They, they think it's his last name. What's Jesus' last name? Jesus uh, Christ, that's his last name. No, J Christ means, in the Greek, the anointed one. The anointed one. So will you write this down? It's the anointed one who gives you your anointing. Do you know what the, the, what the word anointed one is in Hebrew? Messiah. Messiah means anointed one. Christ and Messiah are the exact same word just in Hebrew or in Greek. It is the Messiah. It is the anointed one who's going to give you the anointing 
to get done what God has called you to get done under the circumstances or better, better said in the circumstances that you are going through right now. You need an anointed life. So let me review. When God appoints you, he anoints you. God's anointing makes, makes you a better person. And it makes difficult tasks easier. The fourth thing that we learn from the Bible about the anointed life is that God's anointing makes the impossible possible. God can do stuff that you could never, ever be able to do. Folks, this is a big deal. Because in your business, in your life, in your marriage, in your family, you are going to come up against insurmountable problems. What do you depend on when you face those kinds of insurmountable things? You're going to need to depend on the anointing of God. Take a look at Luke 18, 27, and then Ephesians 3, 20. Jesus said, what is impossible for men is possible with God. Paul, coming later, really building off this, says, God's power at work within us is able to accomplish infinitely more than we could ever dare to ask or even imagine. Now, I don't know about you, but I like to think of myself as a big dreamer. And yet God comes along and says, George, you dream of the biggest thing, the biggest challenge that you can. And guess what? I will top it. During this pandemic, what is the greatest thing that you'd like to see God accomplish in and through your life? What would you like him to accomplish? And what's been exposed through this in your, with your family? in your marriage, maybe about your career. Whatever it is, God says this, with my anointing, I can even do bigger than what you're even dreaming or thinking of. God's anointing makes the impossible possible. The fifth thing that we learn from Scripture is God anoints my life to bless others. God's blessing, his anointing on my life isn't just so that I feel good. Oh, I feel so much more calm. I feel so much more courageous. I, I, I. No, it is not about you and it's not about your feelings. It is about God wanting to anoint you to bless other people. You are blessed to be a blessing. Now, don't misunderstand me. When you bless other people, you're, you're going to be blessed. You're going to have a feeling inside of you of significance, where you are satisfied, where you have this feeling and knowledge. You know what? This is what I was made for. I just I feel it in my soul. But God doesn't give you his anointing just so that you can feel good. No, he's given you this anointing so that you can help other people. Now, Isaiah talks 
about this in regards to his own anointing out of Isaiah 61. And in this passage, he says, I've got this anointing on my life to help six different kinds of people. Let's read this, Isaiah 61, 1 through 3. The Spirit of the Lord is on me, and he's anointed me to bring good news to the suffering and afflicted. He has sent me to comfort the brokenhearted, to announce freedom to captives, and to open the eyes of the blind. He has sent me to tell those who mourn that the time of God's favor is uh, favor to them has come, to tell all who mourn that God will give beauty for ashes, joy instead of mourning, and praise instead of heaviness. Will you circle the word anointed or anointed me? That's the internal anointing. And it was to minister to six different people. Circle the word suffering. Circle the word uh, afflicted. Circle the word brokenhearted. Those, circle the word captives. Those who are in self-imposed prisons, maybe due to fear of COVID or maybe due to addictions or, or something else. Circle the word blind. He was sent to to help people see things that they had never seen before. Circle the word mourn. He came to help those who had suffered some kind of loss in their life. Folks, what an amazing God that we have that's interested in your emotional hurts, your hurts, your habits, and your hangups, those things that pull you down. When you have God's anointing on your life. It isn't about your feelings. It is about helping others with their hurts, their habits, and their hangups. Just like God helped you through others with yours. Now it's interesting. About 700 years later, Jesus shows up on the scene. And he comes back to his hometown and he comes into his synagogue and he takes the scroll of Isaiah and he reads and gives his first recorded sermon and this is what he says out of Luke 4 18 and 19 the Lord has put his spirit in me internal anointing Because he appointed me to tell the good news to the poor. He has sent me to tell captives that they are free and to tell the blind that they can see again. God sent me to free those who have been treated unfairly and to announce the time when the Lord will show his kindness. This was Jesus' shortest recorded sermon. Don't get any ideas that I'm going to learn from this, okay? But understand that after he reads this, he sits down in the congregation's midst and he says, this has been fulfilled in your day. And in saying that, he's kind of like dropping the mic and he's saying, I'm it. 
I'm the Savior. I'm the one who has come to comfort my people. I have been anointed to do this. And we know this because in Acts 10, verse 38, it says, And you know that God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. Stop right there. Circle God and Jesus and Holy Spirit. There you see the Trinity all in one sentence. And then Jesus went around doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. And God anointed him, even Jesus, to help other people. Well, guess what? When you get God's anointing on your life, that's what you are to do. You are to do that as a member of God's family, as a a minister or as a priest, if you want to put it in Old Testament terms. You are anointed, and God wants to use you to help other people. And he wants you to use you to help free other people who are being hassled by the devil. And there are a lot of people who are being hassled by him. The sixth thing that we learn about an anointed life is this. For every new challenge, I need a fresh anointing. When I got back from Cameroon, the very first weekend that we were quarantined, it took me by surprise. I I didn't know what to do. I was like, what in the world? I mean, you're in Cameroon, there's news, but it's all in French, okay? And so what's going on? And when I began to realize, man, I have never in my lifetime gone through a pandemic where they quarantined healthy people, okay? And I thought, God, what am I going to do? And I can remember staying up at night thinking, okay, God, this is a new challenge, and I need a new anointing, a fresh anointing on my life to help our church come in and out of this. And I'll leave it up to you whether God has anointed me to do that. But with every fresh anoint or with every new challenge, you need a fresh anointing. You cannot rely on past anointings in your life. Let me finish the story. I asked God for anointing. And now we've come out of this phase of it. And we're entering into a new one. We are reopening our campus. And I remember bringing the staff in and saying, okay, we're in a new phase of this pandemic. And folks, I had gravel in my mouth as I was speaking to the staff. And I was one big of a grump. And you could ask my staff if that was not true. It was, and they would tell you. I came home that night and I sat down and said, God, what in the world is going on? I mean, I just was not in the zone. And God reminded me, George, with every new challenge, you need a fresh anointing. 
And I said, God, you were right. I was wrong. I repent. I need a new anointing for this new phase that we're going through so as to lead our church in and to the next ascension of coming back on our campus. With every new challenge, you need a fresh anointing. You can't rely on yesterday's anointing. It doesn't work that way. His anointing is like manna that happened in the wilderness. It's there one day and it spoils the next. You've got to depend on God's anointing on a daily basis. The Lord's prayer isn't give us this day our yearly bread or, or, or phase one of the pandemic's bread. No, it's give us this day our daily bread. You and I must be dependent on his anointing tomorrow and the next day and the next day because folks you and I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow now by the way let me say this you can lose it you can lose God's blessing on your life we have all seen people who were hot for God maybe for a couple of years and now you can't even find them on the map they're nowhere to be found how does that happen? Well, it can happen a lot of different ways. It can happen through pride. It can happen through not being in his word. It can happen through not praying. It can happen through unforgiveness. It can happen through idolatry. There's a lot of different ways that it can happen. History is littered with people that I call one sermon wonders who, are he who were here yesterday and they are gone today. And so you and I need to depend on his anointing moment by moment. So how do you do that? How do you stay in touch with God on a moment by moment basis with whatever is coming your way? Take a look at Hosea chapter 10 verse 12. Sow new seeds of righteousness. That is a metaphor for prayer. And you will reap the fruit of my love and break up your old hardened ground. It's time to turn to me and seek the Lord. Then I'll come and shower new blessings on you. He's talking about a farmer here who has not plowed his ground in years. And it has become hard and dry and crusty. I may have just described your heart. Maybe it's dry, maybe it's hard, maybe it's crusty. You don't feel the Lord's joy in you. Your heart is hard towards people who are hurting. He says, break it up. Do something about it. And he says, if you do, he will come and he will shower new blessings. That's his anointing on you. You see, how does God turn Hard ground into soft ground. He sends a storm. How does God turn a hard heart into a soft heart? He sends a pandemic. How does he turn a hardened marriage where there's no flexibility, no learning, no compassion, no mercy, no grace? 
into a soft and pliable and moldable one through a storm, a pandemic? How does he build and help grow a family where it sprouts from the ground and bears fruit where others can see by sending a rainstorm, maybe through a pandemic, In this passage, he says, you want my anointing? There are four things that you need to do. You need to sow seeds of righteousness. That's praying. You need to start talking to God. The second thing, you need to break up hardened soil. How? Through humility and confession. God, you're right and I'm wrong. And then he says you need to turn back. That's called repentance. you got to begin changing your ways. And then finally he says, seek the Lord. That's pretty clear. And the result will be what? He will come and shower new blessings on you. It's interesting that this passage on experiencing his anointing starts with prayer. When was the last time you asked God for his blessing, his anointing on your life, on your marriage, on your family, on your career? God wants to bless you. We have learned that he is a good God, that he is the God of all resources, that he is the God of rest, that he is a God who leads, that he is a God who restores, that he is a God who is a chef and prepares, that he is a God of comfort, that he is the God of our valleys, and he is a God who anoints. Let's go before God. And as the people of God, let's ask for his anointing. And before we do, as we often do now, we're going to take our offering. We're going to pass the plate and we're going to do it virtually. And to do that, you can text the number that's up there, 73256 to Life Point Church. And you can give your offering. And as you're preparing to do that, let's pray. I want us to pray and ask for God's anointing on our life, on your life, as we enter into a new phase of this pandemic, whether we are coming back to this campus or whether we're staying where we're at for very good reasons. Let's pray. Lord, I just thank you that you are a God that has not left us to our own resources, but that you have anointed us with your Holy Spirit, giving us what we need in order to be what you want us to be and in order to do what you have called us to do, maybe as a person in and of ourselves or maybe as a husband or maybe as a father or a mother, or a wife, or a businessman, or businesswoman, God, you 
through your spirit, have given us what we need to do, what you have called us to do. And I am thankful for that. God, I want to ask you that you would give us just a fresh anointing with your spirit on our life as we walk through this pandemic, God. I ask you that you would do that for your people right now who are listening to this message. God, may they know of your presence in their life. May they feel what you want them to feel, a sense of calm, a sense of confidence, a sense of courage, a sense of maybe insight or knowledge, God, that'll help them to take that next step on the journey that you have for them, God. And so, Lord, we give you this. We thank you for everything that you are to us and for what we're learning out of Psalms 23. God, we give you this in your son's name.